In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Well, happy Holy Thursday, everyone. Uh, I wish I could uh, have the joy of seeing you and sharing in the goodness of this most holy day. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the Lord, uh, this is not, not the Lord's will for us uh, in this current time. But I wanted to at least uh, um, share a few reflections and especially a couple of things that have, um, that have been told to me today that, that really, um, really struck my heart. And um, especially on this day. Uh, you know, so today, Holy Thursday, the day in which uh, the, the Eucharist is given to the church, the feast of the institution of the Eucharist and connected to it, of course, without uh, there's there's uh, you know, no priesthood, no Eucharist. Uh, so in, in, in conjunction with the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood. And so in the uh, in the, the, the Holy Thursday liturgy, the, those two kind of main points that stick out in addition to the, the normal celebration of Mass are the washing of the feet, the call to, to priestly service, um, and the the Eucharist procession, and the 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 invitation to the disciples and to us to stay here and keep watch with me. The Eucharistic adoration that happens in the evening time following the Holy Thursday liturgy. And so, just just reflecting on this, and and so I was uh, I went back and was and was praying with. St. John's Gospel, where we where we see the the story of the washing of the feet, the gospel that we would that we would read today, and is uh, I, I would encourage you um, to go and to, to spend a little bit of time today and read John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter thirteen through seventeen. Uh, so thirteen through seventeen is you know several chapters, um, but it's an opportunity for us to to enter in in a different way than we normally do into this Holy Thursday. Because John chapter 13 through 17 are really the, the meat of the Last Supper. It's several chapters of the Lord Jesus speaking. And, and it's a rather lengthy, if I remember right, it's the longest stretch of Jesus uh, teaching um, and recorded in the Gospels. Uh, and certainly the, the 17th chapter is the, begins the high priestly prayer of Jesus, where Jesus, the last thing he does is to be able to offer prayers for his disciples and for those who would come to believe through them, namely us. Um, and so it's this, this, this wonderful meditation that's contained there from our Lord um, that he's giving to the 12. It's been suggested before that being as the Last Supper was the institution of the Eucharist and the institution of the priesthood, and de facto the ordination of the disciples, the those twelve um, as priests, as effectively as bishops, um, for the early church to be able to carry out this mandate to do this in memory of me, that these men are are sitting around at table with Jesus at the Last Supper. And effectively, John chapter 13 through 17, at least 13 through 16 specifically, is their, uh, essentially their ordination homily. It's the Lord Jesus, as any bishop does at the ordination of a priest. He tells them what the priesthood is. He tells them what the priesthood is about. 
he tells him what his ministry is is supposed to be marked by, uh, the the virtues that it's supposed to contain, the 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 model that is set before us, and recognizing that there are great joys, that there are trials as well, but to persevere in it for the love of Jesus. Um, and obviously that would be the shortest ordination homily ever if it was actually an ordination homily that I just gave. But essentially this is what so many bishops do is, is they, they outline these, these kind of main points as an encouragement to the man who is receiving ordination, but also to the entire community who is there to remember what it is that a priest is about, uh, what it is that, that a man is called to do as a priest. And so 13 through 17 are the ordination homily wherein the disciples are told about the things that are to come. They are told about the Holy Spirit coming to them. To the, they're told that the great miracles will be worked through their hands. And all sprinkled throughout, almost every other, you know, every other little section, is an, is an invitation for the disciples to remember, remain in me, the Lord says. Abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. This is where that passage comes from. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. So it's this call to, for the disciples to remember that they are not just kind of out there doing things for themselves, that they are supposed to remain first and foremost. They're supposed to remain in Jesus, close to Jesus. And he recognizes also the importance of this because they will experience trials. They will experience persecutions. They would experience from the evil one temptations. There are many things that, that would lie ahead of those 12 men that would seek to pull them away from our blessed Lord. And we recognize for many of them it was not very far off. Judas himself you know, goes very quickly. Peter denies him thrice by the next morning. And many of the disciples, other than John, all scatter uh, back to their places of security. And the Lord Jesus calls them, abide in me, make your home in me, stay close to me. This is the purpose of the incarnation, is that God, out of love for us, sent his son that we might be able to be brought back in union with God the Father, from whom we have been separated on account of our sins. Jesus comes to bring about reunion with the Father. But it's not always an easy thing because it wasn't just the disciples who experienced persecutions and difficulties and trials and pride and sin and temptation and weakness. It's us too. And so that ordination homily for those first disciples, those 12 men, still rings true within our own hearts. There are many things that seek to pull us away from abiding in Jesus. And I was struck by two things that, that, were, um, that were told to me today. Uh, two, two individual parishioners tell me about experiences that, they've, that they had that um, seemed rather appropriate to have been told to me on, on this day that begins the holiest, the holiest point of our year. The first was one of our parishioners who came to the church this morning to spend a little bit of time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. We know that the church was open. It was, you know, to be able to come and to, to pray, to spend some time in the presence of the Eucharist on the day of the Eucharist. 
And so when they came to the front door, they were shocked to find their uh, curled up and, and hissing and ready to strike in a rather aggressive manner what normally would be a, a rather sedate snake. Not, I don't like snakes at all. I don't, snakes, I don't distinguish between good snakes and bad snakes. You can be upset with me if you want to. That's fine. I can take it. But my understanding is, is, is Prishner was saying that usually this is a snake that wouldn't be super aggressive, and yet it was. It was quite aggressive. And kind of you know, person was taken back by it, but then went and, and tried to try to get in the door, and, and and the door seemed as if it was locked. And they called me and, and were explaining what was going on. And I said that the, I said I know the door's not locked. I I opened it myself. I, I I mean I remember checking the lock to make sure it was open. And a few minutes passed, and you know the snake went off. Um, and the person who tried to tried to handle the door again opened up just fine. And I was struck, the, struck by this this reality that that the uh, a snake at the entrance of the of the church door, the entrance of the church, um, the snake, of course, uh, a sign of the ancient serpent, the devil, the evil one, Satan. That that this sign aggressively trying to to push away someone from getting close to the Eucharist. And even and even so, and, and you know, maybe the handle was just jammed for a half a second. Who knows? But but even th- for the door to seem locked at that moment was striking to me. That the evil one knows the power of staying close to Jesus, and if and if the evil one can pull us away from Jesus by sin, by selfishness, by anxieties by lack of trust in the Lord, by lack of faith, by, by setting ourselves in our, in our hopes in the things of the world rather than, than in the things of heaven. The evil one knows that if he can separate us from Jesus, we have no chance because Jesus is our life. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our strength. Jesus is our refuge. Jesus is our everything. And the evil one knows that if he can separate us from our everything, that we have nothing and we will so easily fall. Another parishioner told me of a dream they had where they they dreamed that uh, a big storm had come through and they came to the church campus and and all the buildings on our campus were were really damaged. And as they were kind of just explaining, you know, uh, you know what what had happened in our church body, you know the the church campus itself. It, it was that it was that recognition that that as a as I mentioned a couple of days ago in in the mission talk that that you are not just that you as as baptized Christians as Catholics you are not just you know you don't just belong to the church you are the church you are the body of Christ and for and for you know one of our own parishioners to have, to have this dream that that all the member all the all the the buildings on the campus were damaged was was in in my mind immediately as i heard it was to recognize that so many of our uh, of our parishioners indeed i think many most if not if not all of our parishioners are hurting right now and we're hurting because We don't have the mass as we've had it.
We don't have the Eucharist to be able to, to be our strength, to be our consolation, to be our hope, to be everything that Jesus is for us. And it's a challenge for us. It's a challenge to be able to, to embrace our faith when so much of what our faith typically provides for us is being stripped away. And yet, this is exactly where Jesus was on Holy Thursday. It was exactly where he was. That after the Last Supper, he went out into the Garden of Gethsemane, and there he went to pray. And we know he took Peter, James, and John, and he took them off separate from the rest of the group. And he went to pray, and he was praying fervently, Father, if this cup can pass from me, let it, but thy will be done. Thy will be done. It's this, this reality that, that Jesus in that moment was taking on all of the crosses, all of the sufferings, all of the burdens, all of the, the difficulties. He was taking on your sins. He was taking on your anxiety. He was taking on your worries. He was taking on your struggles. He was taking on your everything that you experience that is not good and holy and from God, taking it upon himself, allowing it so greatly to weigh upon him that he sweat blood. And there, the evil one tempting him to walk away, to leave it, to leave. An incredible imagery, if you've seen the, the movie Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, how the evil one circling, circling Jesus, taunting him in that moment. The reality that, that Jesus set aside you know that he was separated from his disciples that they were separated from him and this is holy thursday and this is where we enter in as well in a place of difficulty in a place of trial where the evil one is doing everything he can to be that that one to separate us from jesus like our parishioner with the snake at the door, to be able to, to seek to, to allow so many of, the, of the, the trials that we're having right now to tear down our spirits and to break us down as our parishioner had dreamed the, the, the damage of the buildings on our property. And it seems a trial. And Jesus takes all these things and he brings them tomorrow to the cross. And he crucifies them and he washes them in his blood. That blood that is able to make everything perfect. To make everything holy. To sanctify everything that it touches. And your life washed in the blood of the Lamb. So, in the midst of all this, I couldn't help but be just encouraged uh, myself uh, especially to make sure that I remain close to Jesus and I think he wants you to remain close to him too to stay close to him you know on Holy Thursday, you know, typically after after the normal celebration of liturgy, we have the Eucharistic procession. And here at St. Anne, we process out the back, you know, we process around the church. We have the incense and the cross and the candles and all this. And then we process over into the into the church hall. And we, um, we stay there 
for a few moments in prayer. And people are invited to come and to, to pray and to keep watch um, for the rest of the evening until 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And this is, this is time spent with Jesus in the agony of the garden. This is, this is us walking out after the Last Supper, walking with Jesus to, to the garden, to the garden of Gethsemane, where he goes to begin to suffer for us and begin to take on the weight of the world upon his shoulders and upon his heart. And so... Um, I would encourage you to take to take some time tonight and and to be with Jesus in the garden. To spend some time just quietly with our Lord. If you want to take it in and again read through chapter John or John chapter 13 through 17 and just to imagine walking with him or to pray the rosary. To meditate all five decades on the on the, the agony in the garden. Or simply to offer some some prayer, you know, to offer a prayer from your heart to Jesus, to let him know that, that you want to be with him. Most certainly, I would encourage each of you to make a good spiritual communion tonight, right? That prayer of desiring to receive Jesus but not being able to receive him, how much he wants to give you the Eucharist today, and yet um, we are hindered by the weakness of our world and the weakness of our flesh. Um, but it doesn't mean his grace can't come to you. Because even if, even if the, the, the building of your soul seems torn apart, even if the evil one seems aggressively to be pushing you away from Jesus and doing everything he can to keep you from peace, Jesus has the victory. And in this we rejoice. And so I would encourage you, spend some time with Jesus. Remain in him, abide in him, make your home in him, because he is everything for us. And if we lose our everything, we have nothing. So stay close to our Lord. Lift up your hearts as we begin this most holy, small season, um, the blessed Triduum, the three days. Enter into this time. Certainly, it's not the manner in which it's normally done for us. But even more so, grace flows in abundance. And so, I wish you a happy Holy Thursday, uh, a blessed Good Friday. I would encourage you to be able to, to make any of the events possible, whether on, on TV for the diocese with Bishop Duca or uh, some of the events that we have scheduled here at St. Anne. Uh, but again, most, most above all, um, to take time aside and to really rest with Jesus, to sit with Jesus, to pray, to be there with him, to abide in him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.